Hey, Catholic Divas, it is almost Christmas, but not quite. And in this podcast episode, I am going to talk to you on this beautiful sentence that St. Catherine of Siena quoted, Ebro d'amore, paso d'amore. So come on into the podcast and let's learn what that means. Hello, Catholic Divas. Welcome to Cycles and Sanctity podcast. I am Mama Jane, wife to Steve for almost 37 years, mother of six wonderful children, fertility awareness instructor, and a Catholic mindset coach. Are you confused about your cycle? Do you want to learn how charting your cycles can give you insight, not only to your health, but your mental and emotional state as well? And most importantly, using this information to draw closer to God and pursue your path to holiness? If you answered yes, then you are in the right place. Go grab your journal and your favorite pen, and let's do this. Well, Catholic Divas, it is almost Christmas, but not quite. And today I want to discuss with you this beautiful saying in Italian. Now forgive me because I do not speak Italian, even though my father was Sicilian. But this, this saying, it's from Catherine of Siena, ebro d'amore, paso d'amore. And it means drunk with love, crazy with love. And this is what St. Catherine of Siena understood, how much God loves each and every one of us. And so this is what I want to contemplate today with you, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, as we prepare for the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, and we celebrate with our families and we share the gifts and the joy and the festivities of Christmas. I want to take a moment and pause as we're almost ending this Advent time to really meditate on God's crazy love for each and every one of us. Have you thought about that? Have you thought about how much God loves you? He loves you. And it doesn't mean that he loves me any less, and it doesn't mean that he loves another person anymore. This is the crazy thing. He loves each and every one of us as if there was only one of us. And this is the purpose. This is the reason why the second person of the Blessed Trinity chose willfully to follow the Father's will and become a baby, become incarnate, true God and true man. Now, this is such an important theological concept because there are many heresies, and and if you understand St. Nicholas and Arius, who was not promoting true God and true man, but that was the part of the Council of Nicaea in, in the 300s, which is why we have the Nicene Creed. Light from light, true God from true God, light from light, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. All of that part of our Nicene Creed was developed during the Council of Nicaea because we had to understand who is Jesus Christ. He has two natures in one person. He was fully human. He was like us in everything except sin. He chose to become a babe. He chose to be born of a virgin of his mother. He chose to live in a family. He chose to live an ordinary human life, to have every single experience that we have. He felt cold. 
He felt hunger. He was cared for by his mother. He was abandoned. He was lonely. He felt every single human experience. And that is one of those things that sometimes we just don't sit and take the time and really meditate about. But why did he choose to do that? He chose to do that so that he could show us the way to the Father. See, this is one of the things that is so radical about Christian faith that people just don't really understand, is that when we become baptized Christians, we are adopted children of God. We become in his family. When the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray, just like John the Baptist had taught his disciples how to pray, they were probably thinking, how do I pray, right? Many times we ask that, like, well, I don't even know how to pray. What do I do? Do I fold my hands? Do I put my hands on my lap? Do I stand? Do I sit? Do I kneel? What do I say, right? And what did Jesus do? Jesus gave us what we now call the, the Lord's Prayer. And how did that prayer start? Our Father, who art in heaven. Our Father. God is our Father. And we have said this so many times for over 2,000 years that so many times we just kind of like say it and just don't really meditate on it. But if He's our Father, it's because He loves us. St. Catherine of Siena understood this so radically that when she prayed, she would refer to God the Father as the divine madman because she experienced this love of God so, so profoundly, so deep in her soul, so deep in her DNA and in her body. And that's why most of us, if any of you know about St. Catherine of Siena, you may have seen the more common or the more popular quote that she has which is, be who God created you to be, and you will set the world on fire. Now, when we talk about setting the world on fire, what does that mean? You know, the world will say, oh, you know, go be the best you can be and, you know, go influence and do all these great things, right? No, setting the world on fire is sharing the fire of the divine love. But see, the thing is, is that as Christians, we can't give what we don't have. This is the fault of many well-meaning Christians is that they think that I got to go share the gospel. I got to go tell people about love, about Jesus. But the thing is, is that they haven't been filled with the divine love. So they're not pouring out. This is the mystery of the Blessed Virgin Mary. How did the angel Gabriel greet her when we pray the Hail Mary, right? When we meditate on the scripture in the first chapter of St. Luke. When the angel came to Mary, what did he say? He said, Hail Mary. Hello, Mary. Full of grace. She was full of grace. Grace is God's love. Grace is God's life. She was absolutely full. And so she had an outpouring. Imagine that you are like a cup. And it doesn't matter what size cup you are. You could be a thimble. You could be a five-quart pitcher. And God's love is pouring into you so much that you're overflowing and then it goes out. And that is what St. Catherine of Siena is encouraging us to meditate about, that God wants to fill us with his crazy love. He loves us so much. 
And when we have experienced this crazy love, this divine love, this fire of love, that is what gives us the joy. This is where the fruit of the Holy Spirit comes in, right? Is that we are like a tree. The, The psalmist talks about that we are like a tree, that our roots are being fed by the water of life. And then our fruit is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, that joy that is so deep in us that can never be taken away. I have a dear friend who taught me years ago when we were mothers and raising our children and they were little. One of the things that she taught me was this beautiful phrase, no one has the right to steal my joy. And that is such a powerful statement. No one has the right to steal my joy. One of the things that I love to do, brothers and sisters, is to study the saints. I study the saints, and I especially love to study the martyrs because a martyr is someone who is willing to die for the faith. And I'm just always fascinated by that concept. Like, what am I willing to die for? What are you willing to die for? And the martyrs show us that they are willing to die for the love of God rather than renounce or deny his love, deny the existence of God, deny the existence of Jesus Christ, right? And that is how the church began. There's a saying that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Because as you study, as you delve into your Catholicism and you start to study the apostolic age and the early Christian age, the early years, the first 300 years of Christianity, so many times there were persecutions against the Christians, right? And the question was always, especially during the Roman Empire against the, you know, Diocletian and and different emperors would persecute the Christians. And when they identified a Christian, basically it was like, all you have to do is Give this little teaspoon of incense to the God. Just worship the God for one moment. Just one moment. That's all you have to say. And yet, these Christians who had experienced the love of God absolutely could not do that. And therefore, they were willing to give up their life for the love of God. And because they also understood that not only have they experienced God's crazy love for them, And because they've experienced that crazy love for them on earth, they knew without a shadow of a doubt that he was going to bring them to heaven to have eternal life. Now, it's interesting. I remember when I was teaching catechism to some young kids, and one of the young kids said to me, yeah, why do you always talk about the saints? Like, why do you always talk about people that are dying? Because I would always bring up young saints to these kids. I would talk about Carlo Acutis or Pierre Giorgio Frassati or Maria Goretti. These are young people who were willing to die for the faith. And this young kid would ask me like, Mrs. Snyder, why do you always talk about young people dying? Like, that's really morbid. You're really morbid. I go, no, because I want to remind you that there is eternal life. There's something else other than this world. And I want your eyes to stay fixed on heaven. And then it was really, really interesting, the response, because this person said to me, yeah, well, I don't really know if I want to get to heaven because all I'd just be doing is sitting there hanging around and praising God. And I was like, 
oh, Lord, this person hasn't experienced your love. And so I just encouraged this person to stay close to Jesus. You will experience his love and you will understand one iota of what heaven will be like because we will be so filled with his love. If you read the letters of St. John and, and the Gospel of St. John, like God is love. God is love. As a matter of fact, one of the things I want to share with you today is one of the gospel readings. I just love this. Now, we're in the time in America, we just finished the football season, right? National pastime. And now we're into all these bowl games and, and in February, the Super Bowl will be on, right? And many times, at least in the past, I don't know recently because I don't watch football anymore, but in the past, it was always kind of like this moment where somebody had a big, huge poster and they would be standing up and the camera would focus on them. And the poster would simply say, John 316. And it was kind of like this evangelistic moment of trying to help remember, remind everyone. And I want to take a moment and read John 316, but I also want to read John 317 and John 318. Because this is the whole context. We have to look at the whole thing. And so this is what St. John writes in the gospel. In the third chapter, that's John 3, right? And then verses 16 through 18. So listen to this very carefully, brothers and sisters. And I want to encourage you after you listen to this podcast, maybe go find your Bible and spend some time just meditating on these three sentences, these three verses. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned. But whoever does not believe has already been condemned because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. We talked about this during All Souls Day, that God does not send anyone to hell. God does not condemn anyone. We condemn ourselves by not believing in the name of the only Son of God. Jesus told us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through the Son. And that is the truth. And this is the reason why the whole world celebrates Christmas. This is the reason why the whole world, I mean, think about this, that, you know, Jesus had 12 disciples. And before he ascended, what did he do? The last commission, the Great Commission, he said, go out into the world, baptizing everyone in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teach them everything that I have commanded you. And that is exactly what happened. And we are now, thanks be to God, in the 21st century, 21 centuries of Christianity being preached, and now we have that blessing of being able to believe in Christ, being baptized in Christ, being part of his family. And yet, sometimes we forget, and this is what I want to encourage you, dear brothers and sisters, to take some time to meditate, maybe go out for a walk, maybe go into a church and sit and 
look at the crash or the nativity scene, maybe go to adoration, maybe just get to Mass about five or ten minutes early, or maybe after Holy Communion, sit and meditate this with this concept. Ebro d'amore, pazo d'amore. God is drunk in love with you. He's crazy in love with you. And maybe, dear brothers and sisters, you have never truly ever felt that kind of love from anyone else. And I know that is the struggle because, you know, it's the, it's the, it's the old saying that, you know, the famous song, looking for love in all the wrong places. And unfortunately, that's what we do. We look for love in all the wrong places. We have inordinate attachments towards those things, the things rather than the, the creation, rather than the creator. We focused on the wrong thing. We've got it upside down. And so maybe some young women or some young men are like, I just want to get married. I want to find the love of my life. Brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ is the love of your life. And when you understand that, then you truly can set the world on fire because his love never changes. His love remains. And even in the, later in the Gospel of John, after his resurrection, or actually it was, I think it's in John 14, during the Last Supper, one of the things that the Lord said to his disciples is, remain in my love. Remain in my love. And this is what I want to encourage you Dear brothers and sisters, as we prepare for Christmas, please, please don't get so overwhelmed and stressed out by the Christmas cookies and the the decorations and who's coming and all of the possible emotional baggage and maybe possibly the dysfunction of the family of so-and-so is mad at so-and-so or whatever. What if we were the change agent in our families? Because we experience God's crazy love. And because we are so filled with his love, every single person that we encounter receives the grace, receives his love as well. St. John Paul II, when he was Pope, one of the things that he would say was, as a Christian, our lives should be a question mark. And this is one of the things that this is, it's interesting because as, again, as you study the early church, this is how people were identified as Christians is because they acted different. They thought different. They looked at the other differently because they understood that every human being was designed and willed by God and that every human being is loved by God. Jesus Christ became man so that he could save us, that he could bring every single person to heaven. And this is what John 3, 16 to 18 talks about. God so loved the world. Now, when he talks about the world, he's like, he's talking about the human race, that he sent his only son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish. He doesn't want you to perish. He has no ill will towards you. He only desires the best for you. He only desires your good. Now, I know many times people are like, well, yeah, if he's such a good God, why are these bad things happening to me? Well, we're going to go back to what St. Ignatius talks about in his first principle and foundation, right? 
human beings are created to give praise, reverence, and glory to God. And everything that has been created is to help, I'm paraphrasing this right now, but help human beings towards that end. The problem is, is that we become attached to those created things. And so St. Ignatius talks about that. So therefore, we should not pray for long life as opposed to a short life, health as opposed to sickness, riches as opposed to poverty, because all of it can draw us ever closer to Christ. And this is the hard teaching of Christianity, understanding that God's permissive will, nothing happens outside of God's permissive will. So even though something quote unquote bad is happening, a suffering is happening, one of the questions that we get to take to the Lord is, how is this drawing me ever closer to you? How is this a good thing I don't understand? And that is a good and holy prayer. I've prayed that many times, many times. Lord, I don't understand your ways. And Isaiah has said that in in Isaiah 55. He says, your ways are not my ways, says the Lord. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. They are as high as the heaven is to the earth. And we don't understand it because we are not God. I love that little scene in the movie Rudy with Sean Astin, but he goes to the church and he's just praying, trying to figure out God's will for him, right? And the priest is talking to him and he says to him, he goes, son, I only know two things. There is a God and I am not him. And it's such a simple thing. And it's true. There is a God who has created all things, who has everything. I mean, God is eternal. God is ever present. And so he sees everything at the same time, which we don't even comprehend because we are creatures in time. So we don't understand that. St. Catherine of Siena has this nickname, O Divine Madman. Well, I call God the Divine Backstage Manager. Because as a backstage manager, if you've ever been in any kind of plays or concerts or anything like that, right? The backstage manager, what are they in charge of? They have to make sure that if it's a theater, if it's a play, the furniture's on right on the stage, the lighting's set, the curtains are right. They've got to check, make sure that the actors have the right costumes on, the shoes are fitting. And there's many times that I just kind of imagine that the Lord's just saying, wait, wait. It's not time to get on the stage yet. There's things that you don't know that need to get fixed. The doors aren't open. We haven't sold all the tickets or the microphones aren't working. The lights aren't working. And that is really kind of an act of trust, right? Because think about it. If you've ever been in that situation, if you've ever been in a play or anything like that, the backstage manager is the one that's in charge, right? They're telling everyone everything. They have to know everything. They have to know everything. And we trust the backstage manager. We've listened to the backstage manager, even though we might not understand why they're telling us what they're telling us, but it's because they know other things that we don't know. And that's why I love that phrase, the divine backstage manager, because there are things that are happening that the Lord knows, and we don't need to know. We don't need to know. It's like a a little two-year-old, right? That they're hungry and they're trying to grab a cookie or something. And yet they don't know that mama is making them their favorite dinner. And they're just kind of pouting because all they see is the cookie. And they don't understand that 
they're actually going to really enjoy the soup that she makes or whatever, right? And that's that gift of humility, the gift of docility, and the gift of obedience. And those are the things that our Lord came and practiced as a human so fully. He trusted. I mean, think about this. He willfully was obedient to Mary and Joseph. He put his trust in them to care for him. He could have chosen to come as a human being at 33 years old, but he didn't. He chose to have the full human experience to be born of the Virgin Mary, to be like a little baby who couldn't walk, who couldn't talk, peed his diaper, got cold. He trusted Mary that she would wrap him up, that she would take care of him, that she would nurse him, that she would change his diaper. Can we trust God? in that way? Can we trust God that he has our back, that he has our good for us because he is crazy in love with us? He wants the best for us. Oh, dear brothers and sisters, I hope that you listen to this. And if you haven't ever experienced this crazy love, that might be your Christmas wish. That would be a great prayer to ask our Lord. Lord, come into my heart. Send your Holy Spirit with his divine love. Set me on fire. Lord, I want to know you. I want to love you like you love me. I want to serve you because I want to have the purpose that you have created me to have. See, each and every one of us has a unique design. And God has a mission for each and every one of us. Jesus told his disciples, pray to the master of the harvest, for the harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. There are so many people that are thirsting for God's love, that need to hear his love, to experience his love. This is what St. Mother Teresa taught her, her sisters. They didn't, she would tell them, you don't need to speak the name of Jesus. You need to love like Jesus. Love the people that are coming to us that are dying. Love them. Can we love the other? That is the question. How do you love, you know, the aunt that, you know, irritates you or, you know, the the sibling that you've had this, you know, silly fight for years? Ask the Lord, fill you with his crazy love so that then you can love like him. When I made my first Holy Communion in 1970, I remember as we were walking, it was a beautiful spring day, and we processed starting outside. And I just remember the little song, and it's kind of a cute little song, they will know we are Christians by our love. And that I just remember thinking that, like, they will know we are Christians by our love. Do others know that you are a Christian because of the way you love? That is the question of the day. And if you haven't experienced this, like I said, dear brothers and sisters, I just want to encourage you to take the time, spend the time with Jesus, ask him, because this is a good and holy prayer. He desires to fill you with his love. He desires to spend time with you. He tells us in the book of Revelation, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. 
and anyone who's open, my father and I will come in and sup with him. He desires to have a relationship with you. That's the crazy thing. He desires it more than we desire it. So can we put everything else aside and spend that time and ask Jesus, come into my heart, dear Jesus. Come into my life, dear Jesus. Come into my family, dear Jesus. Come into my workspace, dear Jesus. Come into my brokenness, dear Jesus. Come into my ill health, my broken, my poor thoughts. Come into my sins. Can we do that? Can we trust him? Can we ask him to be the divine backstage manager of our life because we want to experience this crazy love? Well, sisters and brothers, I want to enclose, as always, with the prayer of St. Paul to the Thessalonians, because this is exactly what St. Paul experienced when he fell off his horse. And, and, you know, think about it. He set the world on fire, right? So we're going to close with this. And I truly wish and pray that you have a truly holy and blessed Christmas. So let us pray with St. Paul in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. May the God of peace make you perfect in holiness. May he preserve you whole and entire, spirit, soul, and body, irreproachable at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. God bless you, and we will see you next week. Catholic Divas, we have talked about God's crazy love and drunken love for us. Well, I want to remind you that if you are loving this podcast, I really would be honored for you to download it, write a review, share the podcast, because that is really the only way that others are going to be able to hear it. And the other thing is, dear brothers and sisters, if this episode kind of brought up some thoughts and some feelings about your own relationship with the Lord, I would be really honored to be your coach, your Catholic mindset coach, and really let's delve into the thoughts that are going in your mind about your own relationship. So you can go ahead and DM me. You can also go to the show notes and click the request the discovery call and just have a moment with me and really kind of have a discussion on how I can help you. All right, you all have a great Christmas and I will see you next week. God bless you.